medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for personal care. If you have or you suspect you might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of this radio show or their sponsors. Robin Pop, get ready to be healthy, fit, and pain-free with Jeremy Gaitman. Hey, Jeremy. Robin, great to be here. Looking forward to this great show. We are welcoming back Megan Seward, who is a registered dietitian. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what she has to talk about, about our bones and vitamins and minerals and some really exciting things that we can do to uh, keep ourselves strong and healthy. Fantastic. Hey, Megan, glad to have you with us today. Yeah, so glad to be back. How are you guys? We're great. Good. We're great. I, I want to hear what you have to say about um, bone health. I, I I think this is going to be great. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it fits the fact that you guys are going to be talking about spinal pain and kind of living pain-free. A lot of pain comes from weakened bones or fractures or spinal degeneration. So what are the nutritional components on how we can prevent that um, or at least, you know, secure our strength in bones as we age? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a few things I just wanted to, to throw out there is a lot of people may not know is that you really can only build your bone mass up until the age of 20. So a lot of the things we do in our elderly age or as we age, um, you know, it's not really, it can help the density per se, but the mass itself stops being built at age 20. Um, wow. So the early years, yeah, adolescence and childhood, that's why they always pushed milk on us, you know, when we were young, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there is some truth to that. So, but what I find interesting, especially, you know, in LA or some of the bigger cities, um, a lot of people are going dairy-free or going, or are lactose intolerant. And that's pretty common as we age. So, there's something that we need to consider dietary-wise on what we should be incorporating in our diet if we're missing out on adequate calcium from dairy. Um, Are there other sources? Are there other sources? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to talk about the top five foods for bone health kind of towards the end, but what I wanted to kind of say why it's important on, you know, making sure we have adequate bone density is we really want to prevent fracture risk, and certain disorders like osteopenia, which is softening of the bones, or just overall um, weak bones, which is osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all terms I'm sure we're familiar with, or it, right. as we age, or if they run in the family. You know, I'm sure, Jeremy, you see a lot of those diagnoses in your practice. I Yeah, I do. And, you know, it's funny because I fall into that category of a guy that doesn't eat a lot of dairy. I'm lactose intolerant. So, you know, mm-hmm. I try to find things that... Um, will supplement my body. And I personally make the mistake of not supplementing with, you know, some type of calcium um, Mm -hmm. supplement to help that. And I think that, you know, many years ago, when I competed um, in a lot of different types of athletics, and there was a part of my life where I had to do some type of different 
intake of foods and dairy wasn't a part of it, I did take a vitamin supplement, calcium supplementation to really help me along that process. So you can Mm -hmm. really give us and give me some really good information on what we can do if we do have those dietary restrictions. Right. And I think it's a good topic that you brought up supplements because some people are confused. Should I be taking them? Should I not be taking them? Is it adequate from food? Is that enough? So really the main nutrients aside from calcium that do play a large role in bone health that I kind of wanted to cover was calcium, vitamin D, as well as magnesium. So a lot Mm -hmm. of clients that I see on a routine basis are either taking all these supplements or have been diagnosed as deficient. So really the basic components, calcium is the building block of bone. It's mostly what bone is made up of. There are some other, you know, um, minerals like phosphorus, for example, that make up bone, but calcium is the main building block, if you will. Um, Vitamin D, which if you're like me and you hear that everybody's deficient nowadays and everybody should be on a supplement, there is some truth to that because it is very difficult to get vitamin D actually solely from diet. Uh, We definitely get it from the sun, um, but a lot of us now are putting on sunblock to block the the sun, you know, and sun is responsible for converting vitamin D into its active form that we actually absorb. So I have some recommendations of how much you should be taking in if people want to have that number down Um, because supplements are in different dosages, but calcium is recommended to at least take in 1,200 milligrams per day. So if you find that you're not doing dairy, those do tend to be kind of the main sources. But a lot of milk alternatives, believe it or not, almond milks or soy milks or even soybean products like tofu Mm -hmm. are very rich in calcium. You know, so if if you eat those foods or if you're vegan or vegetarian, you're able to basically incorporate those for a rich calcium source. Now, here's Uh, a question. In yeah. regards to the calcium with the 1,200 milligrams a day, now, if someone was to ask a question, well, gosh, you know, I'm male, I'm female, I'm age, you know, 35, I'm 65, does right. that pertain to me? Is that the same whether what gender I am and different age groups? It's a great question because really that is kind of a universal number for calcium. But some of the, as well as vitamin D, which I'll go over, but some of them differ, for example, magnesium. Um, But calcium, as we age, we do need a little bit more. And there are different stages in life where we need a little bit more. But that is a good Mm. universal number to abide by. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, And it depends. You know, are you on a medication as you age? Is there a medication that puts you at risk for fractures or draws calcium from the bone. In that instance, you might need a little bit more, but that is kind of the recommended daily intake. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are there Uh, any dangers for taking, is there any danger of taking too much calcium? There definitely is. And that's kind of where the, should I be taking a supplement comes into play There Mm -hmm. was a lot of research going on for a while where everyone was encouraged to take a calcium with vitamin D because they kind of work synergistically on helping each other be absorbed within the body. But they were finding people that weren't deficient in calcium that were taking added calcium was showing that people were actually developing calcifications within the body, specifically placing risk for heart disease. So Mm -hmm. my recommendation, yeah, if your serum calcium is low or your 
kind of eliminating an entire food group that takes out calcium, then maybe talking to your physician if calcium is right for you to take. But it's not okay. appropriate for everyone. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, what's your um, thought on vitamin D? Vitamin D is huge. I actually, that is one that I recommend everyone take a supplement because the recommendations or the daily intake keeps going up and up and up because the rate of deficiency is just skyrocketed and they're mm. linking this deficiency to a lot of diseases, um, different cancers and, and things of that sort. So 800 to at least 1,000 IUs. I push more the upper end of 1,000 international units per day. Uh, of, of a supplement. Um, if you're also taking a multivitamin, it's probably also in there, but making sure that you're taking the right form, which is the active form, vitamin D3. So that's, that's the recommendation on my behalf. Yeah. Um, and really I'm gonna what vitamin have to, D does. Yep. We're, we're going to have to pause because um, we're coming into a break. Um, so when we get back, we can talk some more about, um, you want to cover the vitamin D and then you had said magnesium. So when we get back, we can talk yes. some more about the magnesium and the bone health. Um, and I wanted to let our listeners know, if you have questions, um, be be sure to call Jeremy on his cell phone. <laughs> He's so generous to give out his <laughs> cell phone number. Uh, it's 310-994-9477. That's 310-994-9477. And uh, this is Body Talk Live with Jeremy Gateman, Robin Pop, and our special guest today, Megan Seward. And we will be right back. Welcome back. This is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop, Jeremy Gateman, and Megan Sewards, and we've been talking about bone health. And uh, Megan, I'm just going to let you just take it away because we've got a lot more to cover on this. Yeah, I want to make sure we definitely get to the top foods you should be eating for bone health, but I'll quickly cover the last nutrient that plays a large role in bone health, which is magnesium. Um, you know, you need about 320 to around 420 milligrams per day. And again, Jeremy, this is where your age as well as your sex is different. So the lower end is for females, oh, yeah. the higher end is for males. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So what this does and why it's important is, you know, calcium and vitamin D are involved with kind of building up the bone strength, but magnesium helps preserve it. So it really helps prevent bone breakdown. So, if, you know, you're really athletic or in sports and you're at risk for compound fractures or just as you age and we lose bone mass, magnesium is essential. So, right. you know, that's why I wanted to throw that in there. Um, Man, I should have been taking eating... more uh, more magnesium back in 09 when uh, my mom broke my leg. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important for regenerating and keeping those bones strong. Um, yes. But really one of the, the biggest things that I want everyone to know is, are you eating the right food for bone health? 
And what changes or what things could you be implementing um, to ensure your bones are as strong as they can be? So the first one I'm going to mention we already kind of touched on um, was dairy. So Mm -hmm. for those that are not lactose intolerant or don't have any intolerance to it, as we age, dairy is pretty much the best form of both vitamin D and calcium. Um, They fortify dairy with vitamin D. So something to consider, and that's why I think children specifically that are on dairy, it's it's imperative that they get adequate quantities. Um, and then we talked okay. about the, Yeah, we talked about the milk alternatives, um, yeah. the almond milk, the soy milk, things of like that. But eggs are the next on the list. So I think mm. research is, yeah, research is ever-changing with eggs. Should we be eating the yolk? Should we not be eating the yolk? And the newest research research, sorry, is really saying eat as many eggs as you want, believe it or not. Um, yeah. The yolk is where majority of the vitamin D is and all the other vitamins, while the white is where all the protein is. But unless you have a pre-existing disease like diabetes or heart disease, there's no need to limit your intake of eggs. Yay! Wow. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Yay, Robin, so make those omelets. Yeah, make those omelets. <laughs> Um, and then the next one is one of my favorites, which I think it's really easy to get in on a regular basis, but is almonds. Um, fabulous source of calcium, and majority of other nuts and seeds are also a really good rich source of magnesium. So whether okay. you want to do a trail mix, you know, add them in a salad, eat your nut butters, those are all good additions. Jeremy, okay. you love uh, almonds. That's great. I I do. I mean, you guys, one of my most favorite snacks during the day, and literally I've been doing this for a really long time, is I do strawberries, sliced strawberries, blueberries, and probably 10 to 12 almonds. And that's sort of like my midday snack. And I Mm -hmm. love it. I really do. It's something that I won't give away. The other one is um, I love my protein shake at the end of the day with my carrots. It's a really great snack. Yeah, the way to go, the way to go. Protein I do over on that midday snack. So, um, And another good, we were talking about dairy alternatives. If you don't want to do like a soy milk or tofu or soy, if you're avoiding that for any reason, leafy yeah. greens are huge. Yeah, so, you know, mm. your kale, your spirulinas, even broccolis and spinach, those are all very rich in calcium and magnesium. So push okay. the salads, you know, push the, the steamed veggies at dinner and lunch. Um, to make sure you're getting that adequate con- quantities. Interesting. Um, and then, yeah, and lastly, before we have to, to end our session here, fatty yeah. fish. Fatty fish Ooh. is a big one. Um, most of us do not like sardines. Some of us do. But anything where you're eating the edible bones of a fish, like a canned salmon or sardines, and even if you don't want to do the actual bones itself because that's not desirable for some, just getting right. protein intake of fatty fish is, is a really good source of, of vitamin D. And if you are able to eat the soft bones, like in the canned salmon or sardines, that's where you're obviously going to get a ton of calcium. Wow. Okay, here's Keep a forgetting question. about those. Yeah. What, yeah. About, what about tuna? Tuna as well. As long as it's, you know, the whole fish. I think sardine is more of a fatty fish. Um, it is. And salmon as well. It has more omega-3s than a tuna would. Um, so that's why those are recommended maybe over a tuna, but tuna and mackerel still do have omega-3s if you're looking for those, okay. those fish oils to fight against inflammation and those healthy fats. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. 
Interesting. Well, and, and the it's... bones in the there's no bones in the can of tuna too, so you're getting the bones in the, the sardines. Yeah, I think that's just the meat. That's why. Yeah, mm-hmm. some canned salmon actually, I think they have it with bones, so it should mm-hmm. specify on the can itself. And getting the ones that are in its own water versus you don't need the added fat if it's packed in oil or salt water. Those tend to okay. be more, you know, excessive salt and fat that your body just doesn't need. The fish itself has really all you need. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I've got a question for you because, you know, I am um, in the process of, which I think I've shared with you, um, I wrote a program for osteoporosis. It's a eight-month okay. bone-stimulating, weight-bearing program twice a week. So when you're talking about, now we're talking about bone health and we're talking about risk factors of um, fracture risks, you know, talk to me about as you incorporate all these things, you know, with I sh- when I'm sharing these things with my clients, what else should I discuss with them? You know, the, the program is pretty um, strict on movement-wise, um, mm-hmm. but I would love to be able to give them more information on, you know, intake of foods and things like that that would also benefit them with the process oh, sure. going through. Yeah, I mean, being strong in general or having adequate muscle stores or visceral protein stores is huge because the muscle itself kind of protects bone. So, you know, if if you're really inactive or kind of sedentary and you're not strong, you know, that aside from even if you're eating adequate foods for bone health, you still are at risk for kind of fracture risk as you age. So, you know, weight-bearing exercise, like you mentioned, like swimming is one of the best or just light resistance activity. And you might know that side of things a little bit more, but protein plays a large role for kind of muscle muscle growth or, um, you know, I guess continuing to have your muscles remain strong. So the foods that I mentioned, a lot of them have protein, but maybe helping the clients that you see, give them some sort of meal plan on what are the recommended portions you have per day of these bone-rich foods as well as the protein-rich foods and, you know, what should you be balancing with them and avoiding foods that might promote inflammation as well as just decrease overall health. You know, with inflammation, people tend to be overweight or obese. And so being at a healthy weight, strong bones, less fat, those all kind of play a role in, in, I guess, your program. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, well, uh, we're going to have to, I mean, we're going to have to bring oh. us into a break now. Um, I wanted to give Megan a chance to give out her information. If our listeners want to get in touch with her, um, yes. and talk to her about nutrition, Megan, do you have a website or a Facebook page? Yeah. My, um, on social media, you could follow me at food, R-X-R-D, that's just, that basically stands for Food Prescription Dietitian, but um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and my email is just foodrxrd at gmail.com, and I'm available for online or phone consults, and I live in the West LA area, so would also love to meet in person if anyone is local. Fantastic. And, Wonderful. And yeah. given, do you, Megan, do you have a phone number also that you want to put out there, and if you don't, that's yeah, okay, too? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, through text or voice message, it's 310-736-5209, and I would love some calls. That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. I I can't thank you enough. Thank you guys for having me. 
for for taking the time out of your day and and really giving us and our listeners and audience really a lot of information. I can't wait for us to uh, do this again next week. And uh, Robin, great, great, great. I I so appreciate uh, Megan coming on the show and uh, yep, have a great day. We look day. forward to more information next week. Megan, thank you so much. Yeah. And yes, thanks, guys. Is- have a great day. You too. This is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman, and we will be right back. Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman. We've got a lot more to talk about today, Jeremy. I'm so uh, interested in the, the bone health because, you know, we're not getting any younger. We're heading in towards some older uh, years, and I want to make sure uh, I set myself up for success. <laughs> that's right. I'm with you, man. I'm telling you, it is definitely, I'm noticing, and I don't know if you see it, but you know, in, in my line of work, I see that the younger people are experiencing things that years ago our grandparents, our grandparents experienced at an older age. It's happening mm. earlier now. And I think that, you know, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it has to do with specific crazes, you know, the food craze, you know, the gym and exercise craze, people not getting enough of this, doing too much of that. I want to work I think on that's really a big part out. of it. Yeah. I, I um, think the sedentary lifestyle indoors most of the time takes a toll. It does. And and that kind of brings us into what I wanted to talk about. Our next topic um, in the mm-hmm. segment is, you know, back pain. And, and how can you start to become pain-free when you have pain? Well, there's mm-hmm. a few movements and stretches that I really like that I'm religious with that really help. Um, And I really try to introduce these to my clients on an ongoing basis. And one of them is a simple calf stretch, right? It's the muscle on the lower part of your leg. And the simplest, most productive way of doing it is getting your foot in a doorway, putting your foot on, making sure that your heel is planted on the ground Mm -hmm. and lightly stretching that muscle and those tendons in the back, kind of where your Achilles is. That's where the, the calf connects. Mm-hmm. And sort of holding that in a doorway for about 20 seconds and repeating each side twice. I really so like that stretch. Are you coming out of the doorway? Or are you inside the doorway? You know what? It's both. You're you're basically okay. stationary and you're putting your toe up on the wall, right? Sort of a door jam. Oh, but your okay. Heel, your heel has to be connected to the floor, not lifted off. Okay, or for the people that have foam rollers at home, put the foam roller in a doorway, close the door, and utilize that as the apparatus that engages your calf muscle into the stretch. Okay. So that also is a, another way that people can do it. The other thing that I really like is a quad stretch, which is the big muscle in the front part of your leg that everybody mm-hmm. wants to get strong and everybody wants it to look really nice. 
A great way to do it is either standing where you can sort of grab the, the ankle and bring it behind you, right? So you engage mm-hmm. that stretch. You can also do this lying on your side. The most important thing with doing this stretch, and I really emphasize this, is if you feel any knee pain whatsoever, stop the stretch because it's not being done right. Mechanics with an exercise and a stretch is really important. So if you're working with someone or you're doing it by yourself, really please make sure that you're paying attention to the movements that you do and that they don't cause pain to a specific area. So you want to feel it in the upper part of your leg, not your knee. You want to feel it in the quadricep. Once that starts to kind of, uh, how would you say, uh, go down to the lower part where the the quad inserts into the knee and you start feeling Mm -hmm. it there, you actually have patella knee pain, please stop. Something's not not right. Yeah, something's not right. And again, you're going to try to keep, I shouldn't say try, you want to do the consistency with the time frame of all your stretches. 20 seconds, repeat each side twice, and I really like to alternate. It really gives Mm -hmm. one side a chance to rest. Okay. And the other one that I like is a glute stretch, right? Our glutes... (laughs) Our glutes have a lot of work <laughs> to do. This is for your bottom. <laughs> yeah. They, they have a lot of strain and stress. So standing, okay. you do a lot of manual labor. You are engaging your glutes a lot. People that stand. The problem is when people do a lot of sitting, that muscle becomes weak and it can become what they call spasmatic, which means Ooh. that you can get little spasms in there and you can get pain. So the best Mm -hmm. way to do it is to sit in a chair, and what you want to do is kind of cradle your knee that's crossed over the leg and bring it up towards the opposite shoulder, right? So you get that nice little stretch in that butt-glute area. Again, if you have any other area that you feel, the groin, the other part of the hip that engages while you're doing this, really stop, reset yourself, and do it again. Because it doesn't so got, make sense. With well, that, I'm just wondering, um, how many times during the day do you think this should be done if you have a, a lot of sit-down time? You know, it all depends on if there is an issue at hand or if you mm-hmm. are just looking to keep yourself flexible and loose while you're at work. I would think one time a day is sufficient enough. If you have an issue and it's really bothering you, then I would absolutely increase the duration. So make that twice a day versus just once a day. Mm -hmm. Because these Um, are things that could be done in an office or at home or anywhere. You know, they're, you don't require equipment for these kind of stretches. Absolutely not. These are absolute, very easy, mobile movements and stretches that you can do anywhere. And that's what's really great about it. You know, even if you don't have a chair, you can sit on a bench. You can sit on the floor. There's really no uh, apparatuses and equipment that you need to take with you. And that's what's great again. The other one that I really like is, and you got to be careful with this one. So I'm really cautious when I talk about this, but it still really is wonderful for back pain. It's a standing extension. So basically what Mm -hmm. you're going to do is you're going to stand straight up. You're going to tighten your core muscles. And what you want to do is slowly start to lean your body backwards. 
You want to keep your head in a neutral position, so don't tilt your chin and your eyes to look at the ceiling. Because what happens, people can get dizzy, they can lose their balance and fall. And what happens and when you you're in that position, yep. But not only that, specifically with our older generation, when you're looking up and you're falling backwards, you lose the sense of where you are. So that's when oh. head injuries occur. So keep your head in a neutral space, focusing on something. So I really like this stretch because it really opens up the back. And I really try to keep this simple. Do this five times. Do this once a day. And again, if there's any increase in pain, don't do it. Stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that goes for anything. If you're experiencing pain, it's not supposed to be That pain. goes it's for anything. A stretch. Right. That goes for okay. anything. Any exercise or any stretch. If something's not right, reassess it. Take a look at what your form is like. Take a look at the weight that you're utilizing. Maybe you got too much weight. Maybe you don't have enough weight on there and you're actually utilizing too much of uh, a, a muscle group or a joint. Something needs to change or the whole different exercise itself may need to change. Okay. Well, we're ready for a break again already. And when we break, come back, man. I'm so excited <laughs> about just kind of keeping on going. I know it. Well, we just got to take a quick break and we'll be right back with some more stuff. We're going to have a question from a listener when we get back. So that'll be good. And uh, what else are we going to cover? We're going to cover some other stuff we, about um, we, protecting got, yourself uh, uh, yes, with sunscreen. Some, yes, we've got some really interesting great topics about cycling and exercising outside. Yeah, fantastic. So more to come, everybody. Uh, this is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman. And uh, we hope you can hang with us for the next segment or two. And uh, we'll be right back. Talk live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman, and we've been talking about stretches you can do and ways to improve your health already. How to be pain free? That's what we're all about here. We want to be pain free. We don't want to go into these later years with pain, and uh, we want to keep everything healthy and working and well oiled, right, Jeremy? That is definitely true. <laughs> That's my goal. I've had too many injuries, so yes, in my later years. Uh, I absolutely want to feel strong and fluid. And I've got a young son at home, and he definitely takes a lot of my time and energy, and I want to be able to do it. (laughs) Yep, you're going to have to keep up with him. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We have a question from a listener, Jeremy. And I think think you have an answer for this. Um, Do we have a name of of our listeners, this is anonymous. We Mr. don't. Anonymous. This was an anonymous. <laughs> yeah, this was okay. anonymous. Which is yeah. which is fine. They can be anonymous. That's fine. Um, it says, "I am a runner who does about twenty to twenty-five miles a week. That's a lot. 
And uh, <laughs> what can I do to prevent injuries? So that's a good question, Jeremy. What do you have for him? Well, it's interesting, too. You had said that, you know, 20 to 25 miles is a lot. And if you think about the average person runs anywhere from three to four days a week, and they average about three to five miles a day. So you're almost getting there. For those people that are longer runners, it's pretty easy to uh, accomplish Mm -hmm. the 20 to 25 miles. But one of the most important things to do to prevent injuries is, number one, things that are on your feet called shoes. I am Mm -hmm. a huge, and I want to talk about this next week, and I'm going to put it into the show about shoes. It's one of the most important things that I really like to talk about even with my clients that when we exercise, but specifically with running, is make sure that what's on your feet is comfortable. Don't buy something that's not comfortable. Don't put an insert into your shoe that doesn't fit right um, just because someone told you to do it. The other things is making sure that you are loose. You're hydrated. You know, you don't want to go through a huge stretching routine prior to running and prior to an exercise, little things such as a small little calf stretch, little leg swings, things to uh, accomplish blood flow is really important because once you start that pounding, whether it's on a treadmill or you're out on the streets, you're really stimulating a lot of things. And once those muscles start to fire and contract and they don't have the proper hydration, they can spasm and cramp. And that's when that starts to happen. Yeah. yeah and the, the other thing that I really like are compression socks. I'm a huge fan of com- compression socks. I used them my whole career when I was a triathlete, and I still use them today. They're extremely preventative in injuries with the lower part of the body, specifically the really? calf and the Achilles. Okay. Um, it really helps with... Um, I guess you could say keeping nutrients in that area, right? Compression, you're helping to get rid of the excess negative fluid, but you're also helping with keeping in proper circulation. So I'm a huge fan. Be careful. And again, we'll talk about this next week, but I want to get into it a little bit. Be careful with the types of compression socks that you purchase. There's lots out there. They've come up with ones that are super inexpensive. If you're going to buy a compression sock, they are not cheap. They're going to cost you about 40 to $60 a pair. Mm. Okay. But they last a long time. Again, I've been an athlete uh, a long time, and I still have my compression socks, and I've used them a ton. So they last a long time. Okay. So those are the things I would really focus on if you're starting to find that you are getting higher risk of injuries, you're, you're having more injuries or little things, more aches and pains, drop your miles down. Slow it down. Instead of doing five miles, maybe do three miles. Mm-hmm. Maybe do the same amount of miles, but do less days. Find something that works for you that is able, you're, you're still able to accomplish your goals and you still feel good because that's what this is all about. But we want to keep you safe and we want to keep you healthy. Okay. Okay. Now, what about cycling and how to protect yourself from the outside elements? Uh, I know runners have to do this too. 
Yes, same thing for the runners. Boy, one of my favorite things, I love to get on my bike, but one of the most important things was the outside elements, and you want to protect yourself. And one of the most important things is sunscreen. And we, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know this. Um, I was never taught, even by my dermatologist, um, and I would ask tons of questions, but I kind of continued doing research, and especially when uh, my wife and I had our young son, because he's outside with me a lot, is how to apply sunscreen. And that's really important, is not just putting and spraying. I am not a big fan of the canned sprays of um, sunscreen, because okay. you're not able to get a thick enough layer. Get a cream and buy yourself a cream that really is based on zinc. And what you want to do is really layer it on. You actually, on bigger body parts, you actually want to have a teaspoon. Now, for that's okay. for us grown-ups, Robin. Now, mm-hmm. for your mm-hmm. young kid, of course, it's going to be smaller. But you want to apply a thick amount. That's the most important part. And you don't want to have to continue to reapply and reapply and reapply. That's when the signs are saying, gosh, man, I didn't put enough on the first time. Okay. When you are active and you're swimming in the ocean and you're in the pool, absolutely you're going to want to reapply. But at first, when you apply a thicker coating, you're protecting yourself with a layer that has less penetration to it from the sun. Okay. And that's what's important. So so it's okay to still see the white of the cream, uh, not try to rub it all in. Listen, it's it's the look absolutely zinc is white and sometimes it looks like you've got this paste on your skin, but if you kind of mm-hmm. continue rubbing it in, um it's going to go away. And for me, you know what? I'm okay with that. Um that mm-hmm. doesn't bother me. The other really important things um are glasses. Mm-hmm. Sunglasses protect your eyes. We mm-hmm. don't know um as far as sun protection and the rays Damaging rays to our skin is just the same as to our eyes. The the rays to our eyes also cause dehydration. They also cause issues, vision issues. So we want to be careful. That's important um, to protect our eyes and to protect our head. One of the most important things, you're out cycling with the elements, wear a helmet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good advice. Wear Wear a helmet and protect your body. You know, I wear um, sort of these arm sleeves to protect my arms, specifically when it's cold. It keeps me warm, but it also protects my arms in the summertime from the sun. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about this also, as we were talking earlier about running, this also duplicates cycling and running, any outdoor activity. 11 o'clock in the morning is best. Anytime before 11 a.m. and now anytime after 3 p.m. When the, sun, when the sun starts to come down is best for these types of exercises. These are only suggestive times. We all have really crazy, huh, busy schedules. As you well know, you have a really crazy schedule, Robin. Well, so we try we, to get we, all of our farm outdoor <laughs> stuff done before 11 and after 3. It's just... It's insane to be out there in the heat of the sun, and you're not going to accomplish as much as you can, you know, if you just wait a little while and go back out when it's cooler. Um, right. It always amazed right. me that when we lived by the beach, 
um, how many tourists just come down and go to the beach in the middle of the day and my, wow. my kids and I were leaving when the beach was filling up. We were done. We were heading. Wow. Home. Wow. And it's just, okay. you know, they're just going to fry. They're going to fry out there. Right. Interesting. No, you know, you just got to be careful. And again, everybody has a different schedule. This is just a recommendation. So, you know, if you're not able to find a space in between these time frames, just be careful. That's all I have to yeah. say is really make sure. And and again, you're, you're talking about the elements with sunglasses. You don't want anything also when you're running or riding a bike or whatever the activity is that you're doing outside to fly in your eye and and hurt your eye, that also mm. you don't want. So that's also where eyewear and protection is really good. Yeah, like a little windshield for your face. <laughs> exactly. We'll put little windshield wipers on there for when it rains or if you get too sweaty. That would be pretty cool, right? I bet that's already out there. I bet there's you know what? Like that out there. <laughs> I have, that I, man, you would love it if you, you spoke could to my that. wife on I, we, we should do that. I have so many pairs of sunglasses at home in a drawer because, you know, when the sweat would run down and they'd get on my glasses and I'm in the middle of a race, what do you do? You have to take them off. You've got to either stop and rinse them out in, in some water or, you know, how are you going to dry them off? So mm. I would find pair after pair. I finally found some ones that have ventilation that actually have little holes ah. in them. Okay. Right. So they don't fog up as much and they actually help to breathe a little bit more so the sweat doesn't stick on them and they dry so quicker. The, the air so. goes by, you're cycling, the air's <laughs> going through, your eyes are nice and dry and cool. Exactly. Good. Yep. That's good. Exactly. So well, there's another it's thing break time more. again. We're going to head into a break again. And uh, when we come back, I am very interested in this next topic. We're going to be talking about seniors. And uh, or people headed to senior ish kind of lifestyle and uh, how to how to establish a safe environment at home. I think it's really important to think about um, even not maybe just for yourself, but also for family members that are seniors or older. So right. uh, we'll, right. we'll hit that when we get back. This is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman. And uh, we will be right back. Jeremy, I do want to give our listeners your number real quick. If you want to go ahead, Jeremy, just, just shoot Absolutely. it out Absolutely. You got it. Yes. If you guys have questions, you want to set up an appointment, um, you can reach me at 310-994-9477. I look forward to hearing from you and answering your questions. And as well, um, Robin, if they have questions they want us to put on the show and they don't and it kind of wants to be anonymous we're really happy you can to be anonymous. That never, that's right absolutely we don't want anybody to feel that uh it's pressured that's not what we want that's right we just want that's to be able right. to yep so we'll be right back
back, everybody. This is Body Talk Live with Robin Pop and Jeremy Gateman. And we have a really interesting topic for you next. Uh, how to establish a safe environment at home for seniors. Um, yeah. Seniors have different needs, and their life changes a little bit as we get older. You kind of I don't like that word, older. Older. Well, how about more more experienced and wise? How about that? That comes with being a senior, too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. And I wanted to throw in something here. Um, I was thinking about this as we were doing the show, and I put in seniors. And, yes, this is absolutely based around seniors, but it also has to do with when you've got young kids at home, too. You're carrying around your young kids, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, at one point, what's that? It will be safety things that you can put into Absolutely. place. Absolutely. Some of these same things fall into place when you've got young kids. I know that my wife and my son, um, my wife slipped on the stairs and they fell down. And it was a really scary situation. So some of the Ooh. things that we're going to talk about that are based on seniors are also can be utilized for when you have young kids at home too. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the environment. What is a safe environment? What does this mean to a person that is, you know, um, getting older, you know, someone mm-hmm. who is in their 60s, someone who's, who's in their 80s or 90s? And the questions that they don't ask, but yet they live in this environment that isn't protecting them. And mm-hmm. simple things that I have helped my clients with, with I've even gone to their homes and helped them out establish this environment. And one of them is lighting. Lighting is huge. And it's one of the most important things for people that are seniors. And it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Senior can be, you know, I don't know. In in their 50s, it could be all the way till they're 100 years old. Lighting is important and asking questions about lighting and making sure that you have adequate lighting and the type of lighting that gives you what you need. People and their seniors have issues with vision. So there's as, you know, we have all these different types of lights now, right? Mm -hmm. We've got the, the daylight. We've got all these different shades making sure that you find the right type of shade of light that is in your house in regards to light bulbs and timers. You know, it's not just a switch. Sometimes it's really good to have in a hallway or a major room that you utilize quite often. They make these little sensors. They're not switches to where you basically almost walk up to it and the light goes on and it stays on for five to 10 minutes. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes these are really productive because you can't get to the switch or whatever. At least it's a suggestion. There's options out there. The other thing is side tables. If you have a side table near you where you sit and occupy a lot of your time, whether it's in an office, whether you're sitting down in your chair, your recliner, your couch, Bring a side table close to you or something that you can put the TV remote. You can put your drink. You can put the phone. Really important, whether it's a cell phone or it's a landline, having that Mm -hmm. close to you is 
really important just in case there is an incident to where you can't crawl or get to a phone. That's a good point. You know, and uh, I was helping my uh, my wife's grandmother with some of these things. You know, she's almost 101 years old. God bless this woman. Ooh, wonderful. It's wild. Yeah. The other important thing that is a environmental issue in safety is carpet. I'm not a fan of carpet in a home where someone has challenges walking around because you can slip. And not saying that yeah. you can't slip on another type of floor, too, but your risk factors are less. Well, now, I was just talking with my mom about throw rugs, and okay. she actually, and she's not that old, you know, and she's she's really not feeble. She's, she's a strong person, yeah. and she's going into her later years with strength, and she slipped on a scatter rug and dislocated her shoulder. And Whoa, did not even this? know it. This couple years ago, she did not even know okay. it was dislocated until she went to her chiropractor. And sure enough, the chiropractor said, "Did you know this is what's going on in your body?" And they they worked with her. They got it back in. They, she's she's okay, but she has um, gotten rid of the the throw rugs and the scatter rugs because they're just they're just too right. too dangerous. Right. And, you know, there's products out there that we have at home that you put underneath a throw rug to resist it from moving. It's a, mm-hmm. it's not a tape. It's, it's um, yeah. some type of rubbery adhesive. It's a pad, right. Mm-hmm. So we use those at home. So those are also really good tools to use. The other big thing that we're going to talk more about next week with the athletes is shoes. I am huge on shoes and specifically with our seniors, making sure mm-hmm. that they're in the right shoes. I have one client who loves this particular type of shoe, and I said, I love you to death. We've been together for a long time. These are too heavy for you. You're carrying them instead of allowing them to be a fluid part of your gait, mm-hmm. and you should never have to carry your your legs and your feet. That just means that the shoes are not right. Something's just either too heavy, it doesn't fit right, something's not going on there. And specifically mm-hmm. with the carpet, and you don't have right shoes, it's a it's a recipe that just we don't want to uh, we don't want to make. Yeah, that's a double whammy. We don't want to do that. It is. It is. So let's talk about walking space. You know, like your mom a couple of years ago fell and dislocated her shoulder. I don't know what her walking space was like, but you don't want to say, "Oh my God!" You know, for elderly people, you want to have big spaces. It actually could be the the complete opposite. You want to sometimes narrow their spaces. You mm-hmm. want to actually have things that they can um, utilize and help them with when they're walking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, that makes sense. But again, it, it you sort of have to cater to whatever that person's needs are. You know, it may mm-hmm. be a larger walking space. It may be a smaller walking space. I'm not sure. It's up to that person and it's up to the family to determine what's best for that person. The other thing is how to walk stairs. People ask me this question all the time. I was with a client this morning who is going to her daughter's place in Mammoth, California, and was very concerned about walking up the stairs in her home. And I said, Mm. well, you know, why don't you try this? You know, depending upon where the stairs are in your house, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. If you got to go up the stairs to the bedroom, 
and you don't feel comfortable walking forward, why don't you hold on if there's a banister or the wall and walk sideways? If that doesn't make oh, you feel okay. dizzy, right? It's mm-hmm. a different yeah. way of accomplishing and making you feel safer to reduce the risks of falling. Got it. And you can walk backwards. Again, mm-hmm. everybody's different. These are purely suggestions that may work and may not work. Mm-hmm. But I personally have found that these are productive things for people to look at if they have issues and fears. Very good. The, well, yeah. we're going to have to close out the show. I know you had a, um, a couple more. If you can run through those really quick. Um, we're going to do it. We can get them we all are. in. We so, can get them all in. Go, 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 go. Ah, we're going to do it. So the other thing is shower and change your clothes daily. Get these people active. Get up and move. But the most important yeah. thing is shower and change your clothes every day. Feel good. Feel healthy. And uh, we're here to help you. All right. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, Jeremy. Those are great. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Well, it's been a great week again. So we're looking forward to being with our listeners again next week. We're going to talk about shoes. I know that. We are going to talk about shoes. Can I, and can we'll I quickly have so mention, much more. Can I mention one little tickler about next week? Go for it. It's about injuries. Injuries. So let's leave it at that. Yeah, just going to be talking about injuries. Please stay tuned. Uh, it's really going to be super informative. We've got a lot of information to uh, to share with you. Fantastic. Well, we're so glad our listeners could join with us today. Lots of good stuff to think about and work on and uh, change our lifestyle so it's more healthy, pain-free, and uh, we want to live longer and healthier and happier. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wealth of knowledge. And uh, we will get together next week on Body Talk Live.